here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. Your friend Akan's got an important Russian connection named Slick Dmitri. Slick handles all Akan's cop slash gun slash real estate slash a lot of other shit. This helpful dot on the map is Slick's place. All you gotta do is break in there, kill him, open up his ribcage, take out his beating arm, and fucking eat it. <coughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You don't have to fucking eat his heart. Under his arm is his charge pump. Yeah? Bring that to me. Use this, and I'll contact you on this. That has got to be the gayest jacket I've ever seen. Hey everybody, welcome back to Press X to Reload, where we line up in our sights all of the video game films we can see and aim for the headshot that is quality viewing and scenes that are worth revisiting and remembering and discussing. Uh, I am Nick Moore. With me are, as always, Wayne Brissett, Mark Athanas, and Chris Najadlik, who has uh, been kind enough to uh, join us again. Uh, Wayne? Pew pew. Mark, how's it going? I'm kind of excited for this one. It's a, it's a new one. It's different. And Chris, thank you for back. thanks for having me back. Um, where do I put the casserole? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and we are here today to discuss uh, a film that, in my opinion, not enough people know is a video game film. But once you see it, you cannot oh. deny this is a video game film. Hardcore Henry, uh, which came out, I think, 2016, I want to say. The entire film is done in first person from beginning to end. And this is about an hour and a half ish long film. It's all done through the eyes of our protagonist. It is the first-person shooter brought to absolute insane life for the audience, for better or for worse. I absolutely adore this film. I'll get this out of the way. But we will start with Mark. I don't think... Actually, I don't think any of you have seen this yet, so it doesn't really matter. But Mark, how was it? No, I haven't seen it. You know what? I have two feelings on it so the first is given what our purpose is to find like again video game inspired movies here this is the most video game thing i've ever seen in my life like (laughs) it's got npcs side quests feels it's just some of the some of the angles you could directly port this over shot for shot scene for scene into a video game even the the dialogue um and it would work the weirder part about it is as a film it's like a shallow video game so it's a shallow film and honestly all hats off to the the choreography and and the concept and the idea clearly this film was more about achieving that concept than a lot of other things uh whether it be the acting or or the dialogue or the story but they do that incredibly 
but that's almost its downside for me because there are scenes that are like, oh, God, I'm going to puke. And I don't suffer from motion sickness. But that first person view when he's rolling around or even sometimes when they ask him a yes, no question, he's shaking his head. No, I'm like, oh, God, I just want a static camera. <laughs> but other than that, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy this movie, especially because of this, of what we're doing here. And there's not like you said, there's not a moment from the beginning to the end that it doesn't feel like I'm just watching a live action video game for me. No, absolutely. Chris, how about yourself? Where do you sit on this film? Yay, nay, thoroughly in between? I'm going to have to side on the nay side. And maybe when we get into the meat and potatoes of it, um, it's not for lack of trying on the films part, but just, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the nay and then we can get into it. Sure. No, that's Mm. fair. Now, Wayne, I asked you about this earlier and all you gave me was dot, dot, dot. It was interesting question mark. Care to elaborate? Uh, yeah, that's pretty easy. I mean, I find myself probably in between what Mark and Chris is saying. It's a crazy film. That's for sure. And I do have to tip my hat off to what they were trying to pull off because they did. I felt like somebody just edited all the clips, all the cinematics of a video game and put it together. Okay. And... Especially through the first half, I feel like I almost needed to actually play the game to kind of understand where this was going, but I was only getting the cinematics. Um, by the end, it was starting to obviously clear up and, and make a bit more sense. But like Mark, I found the it, it started to overstay its welcome. The first person view for me. Okay. It was a little exhausting at, at, at some times. I'm like, okay, this is almost getting a little too much. But I do appreciate the choreography, the setup, what they had to do to achieve this. There was a lot of clever, clever camera work in this. Mm. Uh, things that made me smile, smirk, laugh to be like, wow, that's actually kind of brilliant. But overall, it was just a film. I don't know if I could watch it again. It's definitely not bad, but it's nothing I would recommend. Interesting. It's it's an interesting film in terms of whether or not you can recommend because a lot of it comes down to who you're recommending it to. If it's anyone with motion sickness, I'm going to warn you now, don't ever watch this film. (laughs) If you have any kind of motion sickness, nausea, vertigo, when we discuss this being a film that's through first person, how they achieve this, when you look at the behind the scenes, the stunt actor who's portraying Henry, the lead character in this, they have this mobile GoPro camera that they've got rigged up to be this helmet slash neck brace that they've put on him. So any movements he's doing the film captures there's a slight gyro stabilizer in it is my understanding but you move around a lot in terms of it being a little too much specifically the last battle that happens on the Mm. rooftop i can handle Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff the first time i watched this was in theaters and i was starting to go woozy watching (laughs) that it's it's a lot watching it on a tv i think was a little bit easier God help you if you try and watch this in VR in, in a movie theater. As you're watching it in VR, oh, I <laughs> blah, I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. So the the very basic premise, and the reason I'm going to say basic premise, I feel like I agree with you guys that it's a very basic plot as a straightforward plot. But I also think they were trying to, and in my opinion, succeed at doing a better job of a plot that's a meta commentary on shooters than an actual plot for this film. Mm-hmm. You have Henry, the title character, who, after a flashback that presumably is him as a child, he wakes up in a lab and some woman that's professing to be his 
his wife is putting a prosthetic cybernetic leg on him because he's missing his leg and a prosthetic arm on him and saying, oh, thank God we saved you. And before she can get him out of this device, an evil telekinetic bad guy shows up with special forces people and tries to murder him. And now he's trying to escape and they find out they're on a blimp and he's (laughs) firing off down to the city below and it just goes absolutely crazy. But it's a pretty simple story. It's guy's girlfriend is kidnapped by dude with evil powers. He's all cybernetically jacked up so he can survive all the things they're going to do to him. Go fight and get your girl and beat the bad guy. Would we not agree? Very simple story. The end. Yeah. And to to almost like Wayne's point, <laughs> it's what? Like, <laughs> why does this guy have powers? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> wait, wait a minute. What world are we in? Like, this guy has powers, like genuine powers. It was a good 35, 40 minutes in where Christina and I looked at each other and we're like, I don't really know what's going on yet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's funny. They really do parse the information out very slowly, which is one for a movie going audience and myself included. That can be frustrating. But two, a lot of video games pull that same crap on you mm-hmm. <laughs> where you start off and you're like, all right, well, I guess I can leap 50 feet and punch through people. And as it's going, because it's a huge video game trope to be the character with amnesia that's pining after your stolen girlfriend. And that's what they do with this. Oh, do you don't remember your memories? And all of that kind of stuff halfway through when he meets up with, I don't know, the fifth or sixth version of Jimmy, which we'll get to, <laughs> he explains mm-hmm. how much of him was replaced with cybernetics. And then, okay, fine. I can kind of understand the sheer amount of things that aren't killing him. But in terms of a meta commentary, how many games have you played where you wake up and don't know who you are, where you only go about these quests because the first person you talk to tells you what your quest is, right? Oh, and yeah. all of these abilities, you just kind of go, well, I guess I can do this, so I'm going to. Like, Bioshock plays on the yeah. idea of would you kindly, and this movie really leans into that. He just keeps doing whatever people tell him to. I literally just restarted Kingdoms of Amalur. You wake up in a morgue, mm-hmm. you have amnesia, and you get a quest to start finding out who you are. Like, <laughs> literally the exact same right. thing starting. And I've got powers. Yeah, it is. the that's, That is the reason why I felt it to be the of all the things we've watched. This is the most video there game. There is nothing more video game that I've ever, like, he gets missions. He literally right. gets missions and side quests with what is arguably NPCs. Mm-hmm. And again, from the movie side of my brain, it's weak, right? Because characters aren't really fully developed. They're NPCs. But from the, we're watching a video game movie side of me, I'm like, this is a video game. This is amazing. So I've, I was warring with it the entire time being like, that's a really cool video game moment. This is a really weak movie, but that's a really cool video <laughs> game moment. But at the same time, I like what they try to do with it, where all of these quests, or at least this main quest that his wife has of come back to me and save me and the evil telekinetic dude. It is purposely a quest they set him on because he's an experiment. He's a test subject. Yeah. He's not even really spoilers for anyone who's watching. The entire premise is they're trying to create an ultimate soldier. And they get the idea that despite all this technology thrown to someone to make them this unstoppable force, you need some sort of emotion to drive that person to actually make that final push and be able to you know, win whatever fight. So the idea of, well, you're saving your girl. Now it creates this this quest for him to do. And it's OK, we'll send him out there with that job and see how he performs. And one really neat tell they have earlier on when he's trying to escape from this blimp that he's flying up in his girlfriend leads him through this 
cold storage room with a bunch of dead bodies and they're all missing their left leg like him yeah. mm-hmm. because they're all future test subjects, which is really cool. It's a neat kind of tell for the audience to know you shouldn't be trusting this woman or the fact that he also has his left arm changed out like, oh, yeah, you lost that, too. But the left arm is where the tracking device is in him and who puts the left arm on him, mm-hmm. this supposed mm-hmm. wife. He doesn't have any memories except for what she's telling him. And the only character that he seems to be able to trust is this Jimmy guy who keeps showing up in different personas. And the Jimmy character tells him your memories are locked. You can't trust anything you're seeing right now. I'll get them unlocked for you. But he's seeing flashbacks to his wife. and He's being told you can't trust any of them. The only flashbacks he's getting are of her. And then once he has his memories unlocked, then he remembers the opening of the film and all these other things. They spell out for you the whole time with these hints that you're being led on a false mission. Like, for example, Metal Gear with Big Boss and Solid Snake, Mm -hmm. which is a really cool video game to do. But not a lot of films parse it out that kind of way. And this this did, which I thought was neat. They do a lot of video game tropes well. It's just how well do they translate to a traditional film? That's where it starts to have some difficulty, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm curious what Chris has to say, because Chris is definitely in the name. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I'm not doing that just for uh, controversy's sake or anything, but I feel like this would have been <laughs> uh, maybe a more successful 12 to 15 minute YouTube short. Which it was. <laughs> you know, ah, see, and I find had I been sitting at my laptop and I just put in, uh, you know, first person movies in the YouTube search bar and this would have shown up at 12 minutes, 18 minutes, I would have sat and probably watched it with uh, uh, just a curiosity to see how technically how it was achieved. But if I had done that same search in a, an hour and 37 minute running time timestamp in the right bottom right corner, I think I would have just skipped, 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 skipped and hopefully found some good parts in between here and there more from a, again, like a technical fascination standpoint. Okay. That, that's not to say that there, I mean, there were parts that I enjoyed. Um, I've, there's a few standout moments that, that I, you know, when we get to them or, or, you know, if, if you want to uh, explore our opinions on that later, Nick, I can get into, but just Absolutely. overall, I, I just found it was much to this point, what Mark mentioned and, and to what Wayne mentioned, I, you know, I'm all for ambiguity and not being spoon fed. Uh, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Um, this film was, uh, it, it was stretching the limits of that even, but just right from the get go, I got, I had to smile Nick, when you brought up the blimp, uh, instant call to mind was Bioshock infinite. Just right off yep. the bat, I would have been like, wow, I'm in the camp that actually didn't mind Bioshock infinite. I was really hyped when it came out. I played it. I was a little disappointed and then I played it a second time, but geez, when, when that door opened and she was yelling at him, no, no, no. And then his feet are dangling above the city. I'm like, this could have been Bioshock right off the bat but it's a borderline Looney Tunes moment when that happens when he's trying to escape and he goes out the Mm. door that has nothing on the other end Mm. yeah but Mm -hmm. from a technical standpoint it looks amazing the first person view of him kind of dangling from that and she's pulling him back into the uh, the blimp those moments are just awesome to me yeah agreed Agreed. There are moments where where you're kind of you're you're in it and and I mean I'm, I'm afraid of heights uh, like paralyzed and and when he okay. was scaling that that building to sneak past the guards mm. right to get into uh what, whatever that that the floor where he had to he had to take the the charge pump out of the guy's yeah. heart uh just oh you yeah. mean uh slick dimitri yes 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 yes, yes. yes. his side quest 
SD, the SD side quest. Side quest exactly. Um, I, you know, th there were moments there where I, w I was, you know, like, wow, this is pretty convincing. Luckily, he only looked down towards the ground for fleeting moments, but uh, <laughs> but it was still it was enough to kind of get the heart heart racing. But um, yeah, at any rate, I, I'm 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 still firmly in the camp that I, I this would be a hard sell to anybody other than maybe a curiosity piece. Like you were saying, Nick, if you've got motion sickness, whew, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you have, uh, yeah, uh, upset stomach, heart digestion, indigestion, diarrhea, whatever. <laughs> indigestion, diarrhea. Side effects. <laughs> right. This is not your Pepto-Bismol. Stay away from it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, think it works. Yeah. I think the film's biggest uh, pro is also its biggest con, right? Like, the fact that this is an mm -hmm. hour and a half long and they made it non-stop blows my mind. Yeah, but it's oh, yeah. also the con of the film because it's like that's what makes it exhausting. It's it's too much. It's too long, but it's mind blowing that they actually did it for that long. No, it's nonstop. Yeah. Like there's there's no twenty minute talking scenes and stuff. It's nonstop moving. No. Yeah, like it, it is a masterpiece of just filmmaking, which is cool from a stunt filmmaking. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. so like not from a like you know you're not watching The Godfather here, but from stunt choreography you know like things like extraction and uh or some of those movies like the raid like th those are incredible action movies and they're almost masterpieces for that genre this is up there with those for the way they they, they do things and how they handle it and just the constant it's got a frenetic pace that you're feeling the whole time you don't rest and they have these really awesome moments when when there is a moment of silence the next thing that breaks that silence seems to be extreme violence. We were like, whoa, like, you know, he's talking to the guy, he's chased him down the street, he picks him up, he's like, I can tell you something really important, and the head explodes in, <laughs> as he's holding right. it, like, it's just like, oh my god. <laughs> so, yeah. Or what was it, um, when he fails to parachute, he fails to climb up the, the helicopter when it drops him down, mm -hmm. and it's quiet for a moment, and then tanks! <laughs> Here's a tank! Yeah. And then a Enjoy! Tank. We haven't had one of those yet. sword! <laughs> <laughs> that that helicopter moment, I, I that's now I know what it feels like to be Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. And I mean, this film, it's a if I remember correctly, it's a Russian filmmaker making it. So I'm willing to bet that quite a bit of this is we don't need your stinking safety cables. We'll do this ourselves. <laughs> I have no problems with heights typically, but. I'm going to agree with you, Chris. That parkour when he's going up the building, yeah. all I'm thinking is, dude has no safety net. Yeah. Yep. He's got no cable. He's just got some guy off camera giving him a thumbs up going, you're doing good. Don't fall. And he goes up four flights. Yep. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? And pretends <laughs> and four, to slip for the camera. Right. He pretends to slip. <laughs> that. that That is scary. <laughs> Yeah. That was that's one of those shots where I was just like, that's amazing. And I again, not knowing how they did it, not knowing anything. I was just like, okay, wait a minute. That pretend slip felt so real mm -hmm. that they were either almost filmed this guy's death or the stunt work is incredible. Yeah, or maybe it's it wasn't one or the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Because again, you never hear his voice. For all I know, they used 10 stuntmen, nine of which died. So, right. They, they, I was blown away by this. But jumping way back to the very beginning for a couple of things that if we're going to point out things that I think are really positive, because this is a movie that I will admit, it's not one of those films where the whole is better than the sum of its parts. I think it's the reverse. The parts are better than the whole because you could watch yeah. any five minute clip yeah. of this and be like, oh, my good God, that's amazing. But an hour and a half yeah. of it can be 
a bit much for probably everybody except for me, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. But the individual moments, the opening credit sequence, and please correct me if I'm wrong, I think all of the slow-mo violence you're seeing is done to Henry. I think that's all the things done to this dude. <laughs> Oh, because all of the all of the injuries you're watching in it in slow mo seem to be all the things that show up. Yeah, that's true. When he sees a a computer schematic later of all the things they've replaced on him and the damage done to his skull that's and legs point. and arms. Oh, yeah, fair. It looks like you're watching like that RoboCop takedown, but as the opening credit sequence in this beautiful slow motion, where like. It feels like it's stealing maybe a bit from Dread, the the remake where it's doing like the the slow motion, the rippling and whatnot. Mm. But like following the path of the bullet going through him, having him get sliced open and it all spurting out, it's horrifically graphic. But it sets the tone for the film really quickly, mm. and yeah, it's, it's the most graphic. It's opening. pretty fascinating to watch. And then it leads to wonderful little side gags, like for example, oh your voice thing isn't working yet because you have the silent video game protagonist. So he never speaks during this. He just nods his head up and down or shakes it left to right. Though they have that wonderful gag partway through where the first time he meets Jimmy and for the, for the audience who hasn't seen this, Jimmy is this dude who shows up claiming to be Henry's pal and he's going to help him out. And then he dies. And then he shows up again as a completely (laughs) different person, but it's the same actor, but different accent, different clothes different persona and this happens maybe five times before they bother to explain why it keeps happening Mm -hmm. but there's again going to that meta commentary how many video games have you played where the npcs look the same Mm -hmm. skyrim (laughs) well anything bethesda quite quite frankly (laughs) it's one of those things that (laughs) yeah it's one of those things that is very video game like but movie weak because he never for a second questions, wait a minute. <laughs> what do you mean your name's Jimmy? The other guy was Jimmy, and I saw Jimmy die. Like, there's never a moment like that, because quite frankly, they've removed the main character's voice. He has no agency. Well, they've right? removed his ability to think to for himself other than reactionary instinct, which, again, is very yeah. much like a player. All he does is, what's my next objective? And he runs to it without any other thought. Yeah. And yeah, if he could speak at all, games, the movie would fall apart. I'm glad he can't talk. Speaking of which, <laughs> at the beginning, assuming that computer has all the different voice databases from all films and actors, who would you have chosen for a voice? <laughs> I mean, I like some of the choices mm. they had. You've got Elvis and whatnot thrown in there. Yeah. <sighs> I'd go with Bond. If I was going to choose, I want him to have something like Crocodile Dundee. I think that'd be great. <laughs> I'd like like a Jeremy Irons. You know what? After watching nice. the movie... No, after watching the movie and seeing what happens, you got to go with Jason Statham because it's basically crank the <laughs> yeah. video game. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. And he's got that growly, gravelly video game protagonist voice. Yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> Statham makes sense. I'm gonna one hundred percent. You want to weigh out uh, on that one, Chris? I'm gonna one hundred percent Arnold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always. Also amazing. Always Arnold. That's also fair. Amazing. That's completely fair. When in doubt, Arnold. And I mean. Like I said, you had you had him meet the bad guy who, in terms of a film, the only real quibble I have plot-wise, why does the main villain have random telekinesis that they never explain? And if he has that, why aren't they focusing on more people having that yeah. instead of trying to create a, a soldier? He was a cool Other villain, than, He's a cool villain, and mm-hmm. it feels like, okay, this is his trump card. As a story, they never bother to explain it. 
if I view it as a game, mm-hmm. it's the, all right, well, that explains why I can't just walk up and punch the bad guy one quarter of the way into the game. He keeps right. showing up for when you were talking about earlier about it being a bunch of cutscenes. The movie does feel like a long play because you see the action in between as well. But every time the villain shows up, it feels like things grind to a halt for this is the cutscene. Yeah. You can clearly feel which ones are the cutscene and the game if this was an actual mm-hmm. game. Oh, it was pulled straight out of a, a Ubisoft Literally Ubisoft. He's looking at you right. in the eyes, kind of, and it's like it felt right. like far yeah. light. And inc- including the absolute ridiculous places he shows up. It's one thing to be in the, pl- <laughs> the blimp at the beginning, but when they go to a strip club with mm-hmm. naked women and cocaine and my favorite version of Jimmy out of the entire movie, he's just <laughs> just yeah. taking in all the, the cocaine at once, class. making. T- He's making Tony Montana yeah. seem weak by comparison. Yeah. The, the bad guy's the, just the there. The bar. Right. When he's the on bad top guy's the just there torturing a dude so that he can be there for the cutscene. There's no logical yeah. reason for Telekinetic Man to be there, but it makes sense for a game for him to show up and taunt the main character. It got mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. That was one of the, like Wayne said, though, um, the, the villain was one of my three likes about the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. The yeah. other, the other yeah. two, he's fun. Uh, like, I mean, I'm going to like keep keeping the technical merits to the side because it is, it is a technical mm-hmm. masterpiece, but um, the other two are moments, but, but the villain, like Wayne said, I, I actually, yeah, it ground to a halt. The actor went all in uh, right from the like panties in his teeth sort of thing. <laughs> monologue. Like, plus he had a cool look, right? He had that yeah. charming kind of I like the sound, like, his look. His powers. Yeah, I yeah. I don't think he ever actually I'm gonna correct myself. I don't think he ever actually looked you in the eyes. He looked like like he was kind of askew a little bit and kind of like looking down mm-hmm. sort of a lot. Right? But 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 it's still it was creepy, he was charming, the the telekinesis, they didn't explain it. I went along for the ride with that just because he was a cool it's mm-hmm. sure. Right. It, it was but a it villain. Was weird. I mean you you can't shoot him, you can't punch him, so they had to do something, and I think what they did was was well done. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Now, going back to that strip club and the, I think that's the third iteration of Jimmy by that point, because you had the first Jimmy in the parking lot helping him, who gets murdered. Yeah. And then you had Hobo, the Jimmy best the death Jimmy, which is Hobo Jimmy, who I think gets set on fire by random flamethrower man that shows up. With a killer yeah. jacket. Yeah. yeah. With a quick, yeah. <laughs> With that amazing, yeah. <laughs> like, tinfoil, flo- like, glossy-looking jacket. He looks like he fell out of the set for Running Man. I think it was made out of, like, 60 polygons. I'm not sure. Oh, was, <laughs> he honestly looked, looked like he was made of polygons. Yes. And it feels, yeah, all of those feel like intentional choices, which I find absolutely amazing. But you get to drugged up crazy lunatic jimmy and this is what's interesting to me i don't know if you guys have ever played the the payday games uh which are like those four player co-op cops versus robbers but you're the robbers pulling heists they've done a lot of cross promotions with movie properties like you know scarface is in there jogging wick is in there but jimmy is in there and jimmy's pulled from this and the promotion was so strong that when they're getting attacked at the club and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, my guns are in the second drawer. When you pull o- when he pulls open the first drawer and it's all the dildos makes the joke. No, no, it's the one below that. The next one he opens up, you've got the guns there and Jimmy's mask from payday, too, because they already knew it was going to be a thing, which is awesome. I remember that skull mask. I do remember seeing that. I think yeah, it was, that it was, was the skull mask made out of duct tape. 
And anyone else watching be like, that's a weird detail. But I saw it and was like, yes, that's his mask from the game. It's amazing. I saw that and that was exactly what I thought. I was like, what's that? Why is there a mask in there? That's weird. (laughs) And then they don't talk about it. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just chalk it up to another thing. The movie doesn't want to, doesn't have time to explain to me, time to shoot things. And I was okay with it. That was okay. (laughs) And then you have the absurdity that is that bar fight. And that's a really well choreographed action scene, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. That fight's incredible. Bonkers. And they do that fetishistic kind of idea in terms of video games where anytime he gets a gun he's never had before, he takes a moment to look down at it and like turn it both sides and admire it before he uses it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Because every game does that. It almost even has the progression of he starts with really weak guns. And as the plot goes along, he's allowed to go from single pistol to akimbo pistols to a shotgun to submachine guns. Mm -hmm. Like it slowly ramps up until he's firing a grenade launcher into a guy three quarters of the way into the film, the guy's top half explodes. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like it was made by someone who's played way too many shooters. And I mean that as a compliment, (laughs) but yeah, I can see how it does work against it a little bit because it feels like it's more, it's more mired in making a faithful recreation of a game and more obsessed with making a meta commentary on first person shooters than making a story. Agreed. Right. Agreed. Yeah, a hundred percent. But all the meta is fantastic. That's its single weakest point is that as a movie, it's weak. But as a video game movie, it's strong, which is why it's weird. Because for all those reasons, again, like I felt when watching it, I didn't feel like I was watching the cutscenes. I felt like I was watching a playthrough. I felt like I was right. watching someone do a speed run mm-hmm. of a first person shooter. That's the way it feels because it's just like, okay, maybe we skip some cutscenes here because I don't know the story, but he's shooting things. Oh, okay. Main story, unskippable moment. Now next to the, the action. Okay. He's at the final boss. That's the way right. it felt. And because the film isn't an unbroken shot, it cuts. Mm-hmm. Those cuts make it feel like, okay, that's when I'm supposed to be playing the game <laughs> to fill in that gap. Yeah. Because it does fade to black from time to time. Yeah. Anytime that they couldn't really do an effective cut, one thing that, again, it feels like the plot was written around the meta they wanted to make. Because he's cybernetic, occasionally his vision glitches. Yeah. And it felt yeah. like anytime they couldn't stitch together two shots, they'd have his vision glitch for a second. And that allows you to get away with it, which I think is a clever way to get around it. But it also feels like we know we can't do one shot. So we'll just make him a cyborg and have him blink or something. Which was my favorite death with well, the eye, but I don't know if we're there yet. The oh, eye. Um, but that's that's another thing they would do when they needed to like drastically change locations he would shut down yeah okay now we can restart him and he's somewhere mm-hmm. else yeah right uh which is cool and then for myself most of the things i enjoyed were video game callbacks when he's tasked by jimmy to go pull the cybernetic heart out of slick dimitri because his own cybernetic heart is dying down he shows up and slick dimitri appears dead on the floor how many video game enemies have you seen lying dead on the ground until you grab that item and they spring to life and attack you i go into rooms in dead space just shooting enemies Mm -hmm. to be safe no no he should have done that uh no that doesn't work because i did that the first time i played dead space because i'm not a noob and it still got up which is why i didn't (laughs) play dead space (laughs) He should have done that here because it was a fake out. And that is the funniest fake out. How long is Slick Dimitri lying on the ground waiting for a guy who at that point, like, I can't remember. Did he really fight anyone before he gets in there? I feel like he managed to sneak in successfully, didn't he? Uh, No, he shoots his way in there. 
pretty Fair sure enough. he shoots okay. his way. Yeah. He does like the, it's like a very golden eye feel because he's going up those narrow stairs and, oh, right, and right, right. the elevator okay, so opens. Fine. He pops fine. those three Slick guys. Dimitri it, only had to hide for like five minutes on the floor. But that was a cool yeah. fight. He uses the guy as a human shield for a while too. That was awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's why, like, when he, when it starts, he shoots those three guys and then grabs a fourth guy, and that guy's his human shield right. as he's moving. And again, amazing choreography as he he shoots like four guys in a row coming up the stairs, shoots two who are coming down the stairs, then turns the corner. Like it's just they do such a great job with it. And then, yeah. and then just as I'm, as really I'm asking cool. the question, how many bullets are in that gun? He picks up a new gun, which is I thought. An action movie trope is the endlessly firing gun. No, no, no. He needs to pick up new guns all the time. Going back to Nick's point of the gun fetish of looking at the gun he's picked up, but he's constantly right. picking up new guns because he's clearly emptied the clip. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that was really cool stuff. You have, and this is going back to uh, the the bar fight they had. I only bring it up because I wrote this down in my notes. One of the enemies threw, oh, that's what it was. The, the telekinetic dude telekinetically throws a naked woman at Henry at one point. Yes. Yes. That's an amazing callback to ragdoll physics. Mm-hmm. He throws a naked yeah. stripper at him. Why? So Why did this film yeah. would do that? It's so random. But it's amazing. And then also it's random. Small like he, moments. he randomly throws him down. I'm assuming some sort of air duct because <laughs> he falls so. in the parking garage. I don't know. How. I think it was, I don't know was, I was like a trash. I don't know if that was accidental. I don't know what that was. Right. Like I very strange, but whatever. I don't care. I enjoyed it because it's absolutely ridiculous. And then later on, you even have like the classic like rail shooter sequence that you have in video games, even in first person. On the bike? Right. Which. Yeah. Yeah. One, it's nice to see the the rail sequence just in terms of if you're going to cross off every box in the list, but two, how do they do the stunt where he's on the sidecar and, and they go through a van yeah. through the back of it and no one dies in real life. How do they do that? <laughs> so can we, cause that is actually one of my favorite scenes from both the movie and the video game moment. I don't know how they did any of that. Yeah, I like when he gets blown really high up, off the comes bike. down on the bike. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like he's leaping from the bike directly onto the roof of these moving vans, doing things, jumping back off. And, and when the one blows up and he goes really high, lands on the bike, and then they get rear-ended. And again, in one shot, he goes flying forward and is grabbing onto the bottom of the truck. I just right. kept, and I just kept pressing him and he tucks his legs in. I kept pressing X <laughs> to reload. <laughs> <laughs> right. The right. whole movie's a quick time event. Oh, geez. Press X to reload. Like, Roll credits. That was really wild. And I'm losing a bit of track of time between it. I don't know if that's before or after Jimmy explains one, what's going on with Henry. Yes. In terms of him being this experiment and two, when Jimmy explains what Jimmy is. So Jimmy is a dude that got crippled by evil telekinetic man. He was a scientist. And now he's created clones of himself that he can use a VR headset to control. I mean, <laughs> the amount of video game commentary and him doing I've Got You Under My Skin as a musical number in the middle of that yeah. to explain it. 
Yeah. It has no place in this film, but I'm so happy None. it's there. <laughs> that was cool. It's my least favorite moment because it's so unlike anything else, except for the fact that let's, uh, what's this guy's name? Kylo Sharpley. I forget what the guy's yeah. name Charlto. is. The guy, the guy from, from uh, District, District 9. Nine. Charlto Copley. Yeah. Yeah. Charlto, thank you. Charlto Copley. Because he is my favorite thing about the entire movie. He's amazing he in is, this. He's the best NPC in a video game slash <laughs> one of the most creative characters I've seen. Because again, he's always something different. He's always unique. And who his character is fits every moment that character is in it. So yeah, like when that one a, scene in the hotel, which is, sorry, go ahead. No, he did a, he did a really good walkthrough of us, uh, for us, uh, of his take of the all gillied up mission from Modern Warfare. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. I love that. Like that scene where he, it's literally a video game tutorial. If you can't see them, but you can hear them, toss a grenade down the stairs. Like that right. whole thing. It's a tutorial of how to fight and it's just i was dying laughing watching it but also enjoying the action of it because that's one of the better that little hotel escape scene it's a good set piece that's one of the better set pieces for me plus they squeezed and in even a how that one screen. starts yeah oh yeah, yeah. they did squeeze <laughs> like, in the even Wilhelm how that screen. one starts when he's up on top of the roof with henry and he says mm-hmm. it looks like there's 36 of them we'll have to take about half of them down if we're going to stand a chance when they get into the building Apparently, if you watch the number of on-screen deaths between him as a sniper and then the punk down at the bottom, it's 18 kills. <laughs> so they kill half. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The punk running around, also hilarious. Yep. And also the idea that him. real Jimmy can only control one clone Jimmy at a time. Yeah. So, for example, sniper Jimmy at the top goes... All right, just uh, keep an eye on me here. And then he just kind of goes to sleep and Punk Jimmy is at the bottom just swinging at all these like special forces or especially in the musical number. (laughs) He'd sing one line as like Punk Jimmy dropped to the ground and now like British Jimmy would stroll in and say the next line. But the way he would flop after he changes, like his physical comedy in it is just outstanding. I really like like Dapper Jimmy in the suit. Dapper Dapper Jimmy's good. I did like Dapper Jimmy. Yeah. DJ, I call him. And we can't forget, the film also has everyone's most hated part in any video game. It has an escort mission where he's escorting real Jimmy, who's in a wheelchair and crippled. So you're trying to get him out alive while using British Jimmy as backup. Like a rail sequence, a first person, an escort. (laughs) They crammed as much as they possibly could into this just so they could say they did it, which... Hats off to them. <laughs> I don't care if it works as a film. <laughs> Even down to not moving as fast as your escort because he's oh. either too fast or too slow. <laughs> or when he's going down the elevator. So the whole time that, you know, real Jimmy's going down this elevator and slowly lowering Henry is trying yeah. to like desperately go down floor by floor fighting these other dudes who are in there. <laughs> Just absolutely yeah. wild. I kind of like the little Batman Arkham Asylum callback. When he was like, okay, with the when he's going down and he lands on the pillar and you see them all oh, walking yeah, underneath yeah. him and then he leaps into them. I was like, okay, they, they went full like every genre here because this is not just like a shooter. That's like a, a oh, Arkham yeah. Asylum takedown. And then the last thing I'll bring up in terms of positive things for me is that rooftop fight. Uh, one small note, they intentionally designed the rooftop to look like the rooftop battle at the end of Left 4 Dead, uh, which is amazing. <laughs> 
Uh, but in terms of quick notes, I have grenade upper. I have the adrenaline shot. I have the, the AC fan chopping someone up him dragging the, someone's face down the corner of a wall. Yeah, the eye socket strangle like there's just too much yeah, in yeah. this yeah. i couldn't keep yeah. up it was crazy by the end yeah. the fact yeah, that he uses his cybernetic so eye to pull out and strangle the last villain oh my god <laughs> that was amazing oh my yeah. god yeah and that is such a uh again video game last boss fight when he powers up and he's floating through the air and all the bodies are floating around him yeah right and Absolutely. him grabbing the the heart out of like one of the big dudes because now all those soldiers are ready to fight him, and those soldiers are all wearing the same outfit that he was wearing at the beginning. Only his is beat to crap, and theirs is pristine. So he looks just like them, which is kind of awesome. I loved I loved how we actually got to the last boss, and he yeah. Mario cloud stepped on the levitating <laughs> oh body. Yeah. yeah, I had a good laugh at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. again, for anyone who hasn't seen this, you have a villain who can do telekinesis. And now that he's mad that Henry's managed to hit him a few times, he's levitating in the air and all of these dead bodies. Cause I think he fights like a hundred dudes. I don't know. It's somewhere up there, but all of them are levitating in his wake as like residual psychic energy. And Henry starts jumping off of the bodies. Like, like battle angel. Like it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But it's exactly yeah. the kind of thing that would be the last thing you do in a game before beating that dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, the cutscene. The cutscene yeah. is, or, or or it's the quick time events. You know, time your jumps off these floating bodies. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it's such a video. That's game. funny with the with the adrenaline shot you mentioned. I missed it at the beginning, but I didn't catch it to the flashback at the adrenaline shot. Who did Tim Roth owe to be Henry's <laughs> father in this? I know Tim Roth shows up for that one flashback. And it's mm-hmm. funny. I, I didn't catch a story, it at the beginning. I appreciate, I appreciate I how they the frame it. You have Henry as a character as a kid and a bunch of other kids like grab something that's important to him and they smash it on a wall and they've beaten him up. And Tim Roth comes up and says, you little pussy. And then it cuts to black. And now you have adult Henry. I thought, okay, it's a dick of a father figure. But then when he's on the ground beaten by evil telekinetic dude and Apparently, I guess his fake wife was the telekinetic dude's wife the whole time. When he's beaten down by them, he remembers back to that. And the whole thing is, you little pussy. That's what my dad used to call me. I'm not going to call you that. I'll only ever call you by your name. But it's up to you what you do next. You got to stand up for yourself. I assumed that his father was an asshat the whole time. It turns out to have a really positive message. And as soon as he remembers that positive message, that's the final push he needs to smile. Because you only see him once in the entire film, I think, Mm -hmm. in that reflection of the broken glass. And he gets up and leaps off those bodies into into victory. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, again, um, from the, the technical aspect of the things they do, it's incredible. From the movie point, yeah, I, I 100% agree. It's too much. And like Chris, you had mentioned before that if, if it was like a little short, like I remember seeing the what a YouTube video, whatever short it is, and that one is like he's tied up and gangsters are, are there and he breaks free of the gangsters and then it's a, a quick 10, 15 minute yep. clip. Um, and it might even be a few put together because I remember he's like running at one point. He's like, they're beautiful half naked women. He's like, hey, what's going on? And he keeps running like it's it's a, it's an insane little montage, but it's quick and it's brilliant. This takes that on steroids and probably again, as a movie doesn't have the story to carry it through. Your only real true acting is, is, is Charlotte Copley doing his thing. And he's 
again, my favorite part. He's brilliant, but it's overall kind of, uh, it's shallow, but so is every first person shooter. <laughs> it's somehow shallow and deep at the same time. Cause all the meta stuff he's trying to do is really cool and deep, but the actual story is like barely above my ankles. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. really shallow. It, it manages to both succeed and fail at the same time there. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's why that's why it's I'm I'm of two minds because if you're a true gamer, you might get some of the meta stuff. Like there's stuff that you got in there that I did not get. Like I haven't played Payday. You know, I got vibes of like Goldeneye and Call of Duty okay. out of it for sure. And then you guys got other things, other games out of there like Bioshock. So, what was the other thing that you liked, Chris? Like you were saying, there were some the credits things you liked. Oh, thanks. Okay, this is going to well after after all this um, dissection and and back and forth and meta, this is going to seem really shallow. But for me, it's little moments that really sold it. And when he's chasing Slick Dimitri, <laughs> do you remember uh, Wayne, Mark, Nick? Do you remember when he's sliding down the escalator? The woman, oh, that, that, when he hits the yeah. woman, the girl gets the girl gets yeah. in the way, and there was something about that. I remember turning to Laura, going. That felt so real, yeah. like almost like almost as mm-hmm. if it happened, and the director didn't know it was going to happen. Yeah. And I was like, "Wow, it was real." That was insane. Yeah, that, we like, said the it, same thing. Yeah, like she ate, she ate his shoulder pretty much, right? <laughs> yeah. And and you can see him yeah. look down. And I was like, "Oh my god, that was at that sold me more than any of the exploding yeah, in the I air agree. and everything." That was that that yeah. part was awesome. That was not planned. The stunt actor yeah. slipped and got her by accident. And it's funny there you because go. she's part of the film. She came to the director afterwards like, did, did you get that take? Was it good? <laughs> she was happy that it happened. Yeah, that oh, was incredible. Oh. You <laughs> could tell it was real because, man, that was brutal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love the reaction of it. Of the, It's clear they kept the original shot of when it happened because he hits her. And it's clearly he hops off and he doesn't even look at the bad guy. He goes straight to her he to looks pick her to up. Her. He's like, yeah. oh, yep. my God. Like <laughs> Like, no, that you was just cool. got your clock clean. <laughs> it was that was a very cool moment for me, and that that stands out more so than anything. It was it was that it was the bad guy, mm-hmm. and it was the cool little Wilhelm when he throws the grenade down and yeah. just the pieces yeah. levitate. <laughs> those three, yeah, the two or three bodies just whoop. yeah. That those were my oh, three standouts in an hour and thirty seven minutes. Those are my three standouts. I I, I thought those were really really yeah. cool. Yeah, well, I would bore everyone to death if I gave all my standouts. I, every five minutes of this, I'd find something where I was chuckling like an idiot. But let's wrap this up with any final thoughts. If you are going to recommend this to someone, because I know there's a lot of people we wouldn't, because I know there's a lot of things that make it difficult to recommend to a normal human being. But we'll go through each one here. If you are going to recommend it to one person who you don't think has seen it, Wayne, who would you recommend it to? Stunned yeah. silence. <laughs> uh, I recommend it to either Nick, uh, Mark, or Chris. <laughs> but you seem to have already seen the film. <laughs> yeah. Well, my copy arrives in two more days because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm owning that to? this. <laughs> I, people with ADD. Yeah. <laughs> this is a test. If you like it, you might have ADD. <laughs> I. Uh, that's a toughie. <laughs> Uh, the only it's person tough, I can actually man. think it's... of is uh, Sam. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, he would get a huge yeah. kick out of I think of he this. has to recommend it to somebody who really appreciates the technical side of filming. And that's yeah, the thing. Like, and if they're not into that. I don't that, think we spent enough time. Like, we've barely spent enough time talking about that. Because, honestly, for me, my, my closing thoughts are, more than anything, 
what impresses me about this is how they did it. I, I found myself repeatedly being like, I don't know how you did that. Mm. Continuously seeming like one take, something seeming like when he goes over the bridge when they shock him, oh, I yeah. don't know how they did that. He flips multiple times and lands on the top of a car in first person. I don't know how they did that. It's incredible. That was stuntman number one. Yeah. And then they moved yeah. on to stuntman number two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that guy died. <laughs> this is Russia. 17 stuntmen died. I'll tell you how we do this. this film. Yeah, yeah. Several stuntmen were hurt in the making of this film. Uh, a couple were, so you're not wrong. Uh, a couple were, uh, but surprisingly, <laughs> not for what you think, it was neck injuries from the GoPro apparatus that was on them. Hmm. So not from the stunt work, but from trying to keep this gigantic thing on their noggin. <laughs> That's where they were finding some injuries. So go figure. That's it's weird. the moments where they weren't getting injured where they suffered the most damage. Sure. The guy went to the craft table and got a uh, spasm. <laughs> <laughs> I'd echo the sentiment that if I was going to recommend it to, to anyone, it's for someone who appreciates stunt work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you appreciate whether that stunt work is fighting choreography, gunplay, parkour, doesn't matter what it is. If you watch a film and go, oh, my good God, how did they do that and live? And you get a kick out of that. This is the movie because <laughs> this is an hour and a half of how did that guy not die? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Assuming that yeah. he didn't because they may have gone through eight people. I don't know. It's Ooh. possible. Yeah. Got a bunch of guys who had the same looking hands and arms, and they're like, okay, you're all cast. Oh, cool, guys. Well, we're doing <laughs> well, this that's thing. the plot is a bunch of guys that look the same with a missing leg. I mean, it, yeah. real life imitates the film at that point. It's so meta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we will draw this to a close. When we come back, uh, we're going to be looking at Ready Player One, which was a yes. it was a novel uh, based on a lot of stuff from, you know, 80s and such nostalgia, including video games. It was adapted into a film by Steven Spielberg himself. So in terms of one to watch, this is one where we can't say, oh, this is a guy who doesn't know how to direct films. This is a revered filmmaker. If anyone's going to take the video game tropes and make something from it, this is who you'd expect to be able to pull it off. I have never seen it. I have had it recommended to me numerous times. I've read the book so, and seen it. So I've read the book Here we and go. seen it. I've never seen it. Wow. Then you and I are in shared waters. And Chris, again, you are welcome to rejoin us. We will keep you as long as you are not scared away from us. Oh, I've already laughed. To those of you you listening at home or office or parkouring across the the rooftops of Russia, I don't know where you listen, but we have been Press X to Reload. I have been Nick Moore. With me were Wayne Brissett, Mark Athanas, and Chris Nezadlik. Gentlemen, close. I will accept it. <laughs> I'm getting back. <laughs> Thanks for having us. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Marka Thanis, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore, with special guest Chris Nijadlik. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review. We'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next stage.